Hello and welcome to a special PlayStation Unchained. God of War is releasing this very week, well, if, as long as you're obviously listening to it in the correct order. Um, it's the first game in the franchise in six years, if you count Ascension. Uh, there's debate over that. Um, it, it's taken a bit of a departure from previous games and of course that caused concern in the uh, previous trailers we'd seen and such, but uh, it appears to have been a rousing success with the game sitting on a Metacritic of 95 right at this moment, after 85 reviews. From it went up. It was at a 94. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, to mark this occasion, you may remember last year we did this with uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, another big Sony exclusive. We got in the man who wrote the words and played the damn game to uh, talk to us about it. We're, you know, spoiler-free as we can do. You know, uh, mm-hmm. We're not going to go ruin it here. This is merely just a general impressions, if you will. Um, yes, so joining us today is Mr. Kyle Pral. How are you doing, Kyle? Uh, I'm well. Thank you for having me. Not a problem at all. So, yeah, we're going to grill you, basically, about all things Kratos and <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. It's been, it's been, it's been nice. It's like, just like with horizon, it's kind of one of these things where you play the game in a vacuum for review. And you know, the way Sony and PlayStation tend to be with these things, they put them in our hands so early out of the release that uh, yeah. this is like, I, I totally know that this is it, in terms of gamer problems. This is among the most first world of problems to possibly have, <laughs> but the feeling of playing a game like this in that vacuum and not being able to talk to anyone about it, you get a little cabin fever with, with, you know, the things, you know, or the things that you want to share with people and just, you know, tell folks how cool it is in this case, thankfully. Oh yeah, sure. I mean, we had that last year. Luckily, I, you know, I've been playing persona five for a while and then you got a copy before release as well. And it's fine. It's like somebody I could talk to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> yep. Yep. You know, Oh yeah, it's a, it's a mercy. It is, it is a blessing. I think we how, also, how quickly did you beat that game, by the way, just to dial real back. Was that like, you blitzed that over the course of two weeks, right? Yeah, I think I put in about 94, 95 hours, basically. So, yeah. Patently <laughs> absurd. An absurd amount of time. I know, I know. There's some games it just happens with. I, I was saying not long ago that uh, I recall 2015 where I went from doing um, uh, Divinity, Original Sin, and then Wasteland 2. And then, of course, I got um, Fallout 4 as well. And it's like those three RPGs in a row. You know, for back review, and it, oof. and then I tried playing The Witcher Three afterwards, and that was just the stupidest thing I could have done because it's like, nope, I'm burnt out. <laughs> yeah, I know that does that, uh, that. That game deserves to not have like you be burned out on RPG oh, yeah. games before into it. Definitely, totally. Uh, uh, we were joking the other day when uh, they announced the release date for Divinity Two um, on consoles. And I said, well, it should be all right this time because you know it's not like there's going to be a Bethesda RPG coming out in the fall. And of course, rumors today <laughs> going around that that is indeed what's going to be happening. So it's uh, <laughs> that'll be fun. That'll be great fun. Uh, <laughs> good luck to you. Sir. Good luck. <laughs> One way or another, I, I want to play that. Uh, so that's for sure. But anyway, we're getting off track. It's like yeah, we better. You know me always. <laughs> oh yes, so, but you know, I normally get to introduce you guys you know, before we do that. So um, the rest of you, I should say, uh, as ever, we are joined by Ben Shalivahu. Sorry, I zoned out as soon as you said Witcher 3 was good. Now I'm lost. 
<laughs> I never said that. <laughs> Can wow, you just leave your recorder on and leave, Ben? That seems hostile. Like <laughs> itching for a fight. It's no breath of the wild, to be fair. So uh, it's, uh, we're on here. On, uh, there you go. I said that on a PlayStation podcast. But uh, yeah, uh, so you're here, Ben, as usual. Uh, also joining us as usual is Gary Bagdasaro. Sup, yo. Sup and yo. And once again, he, he we can't get rid of him. It is Christopher. I, I'm I'm very glad. I'm very hard to throw out. Like like you know that. One broken antique record player that doesn't really do anything anymore, but you keep it out of sheer spite for your aunt. Yeah, because it's kind of heavy, and it's like moving it might put you back out. Yeah, awkward experience. So yeah, we are going to go round table style and grill Kyle on thing. All things got a war. Of course, we may ask questions he cannot answer, and he will truly tell us. Look, we are not getting that answer. Probably more politely than most of us would say. So, um, Chris, I'm going to yes. let you go first. Oh, goody. I was, I was actually hoping for that. Um, so, my, my, I, I would, because I want to uh, avoid as many story spoilers as possible, um, I would like to know, though, how, how you feel about the combat, um, how you like it, if, because of being different, obviously, than the old God of War games. Uh, improved, right. what you liked, what you didn't like. Cause that's, I mean, that's pretty much the core of the gameplay is the combat. So I'd, I'd like to hear you talk about that first. Yeah, that sounds good. I think, like, when I was writing the review, um, I kind of... I never really set out to cover, you know, like all 10 elements of a game in detail. I, I, I more so tend to fall into pillars. And in the case of God of War, combat was like one of those three pillars. Uh, for me, it was combat and the relationship between Kratos and Atreus. And then the third pillar would have been kind of its open world, like RPG elements. So yeah, this, this kind of fits nicely with the way I already had my thoughts organized. Um, so with combat, like, of course, the biggest thing that strikes you right away is the new perspective. Um, right off the bat, that over-the-shoulder camera. I, I mean, it's it's easy to compare it to other games, right? Like, it feels a lot like Resident Evil 4. Um, it's it's very pulled in. The level, di- level design kind of fits that template as well, where it's sort of linear, but there's Metroidvania overlapping to it, and there's an opportunity to explore. But within combat specifically, it was... Definitely a big adjustment. Um, what what starts off, though, feeling like a restriction ends up being what lends the combat its uniqueness. So that perspective, it's so tight over Kratos' shoulder, and his field of view is comparatively narrow, I mean, versus the fixed cameras of his past games, which were all action platformers, and just had that kind of, here's your stage, and you can see every enemy, and you can see them at all times and where they're approaching from. This challenges you instead to... Think about how in any given arena, you've got enemies coming from one angle or or you first arrive at the arena and you're kind of scoping things out. Like I see ranged foes up on that cliff. I see um, this heavy enemy type spawning in the corner. Okay, I don't want to have ever have my back to this wall because that wall looks like a place where enemies could come from. Um, And so you kind of... It feels restrictive at first and, and almost a little unfair before you get used to it because you're like, well, what the hell? I'm getting hit from off screen. Granted, not often, but occasionally um, you're getting hit by things you can't see. But over time, you come to... And it's almost instinctual, too. You just you just start to better understand 
the space around you and you develop a sixth sense for where enemies could be coming from or, okay, I saw that enemy type like five seconds ago, it's behind me now and and now feels like about the time when it would be throwing a fireball at me. Sure enough, here it comes. And you just kind of like build into that over time. And so it ends up being a source of challenge, that over-the-shoulder camera. And, and suddenly the onus is on you to manage space, to use crowd control, to freeze or stun enemies where you can just to so that you don't have to worry about them for a few seconds. You can shift your focus to something else. And all of that's happening in like these sort of split-second, moment-to-moment decisions. Um, the sum total of which is that combat is really intense. Um, it's not uh, not repetitive in the way that maybe you might fear from seeing trailers, which, as you might imagine, are just incredibly focused on the first 30 minutes of the game, right? Like, <laughs> like the, the, the single, like light swing and heavy swing that you see Kratos using the trailer is just the tip of the iceberg. And, and what really, what I really loved is that you, when you unlock these abilities, these light and heavy runic attacks, um, and you start amplifying them with enchantments, you start changing them alongside your equipment between battles. And you just start to like, I hate to liken everything back to MMOs, but you'll probably hear me do that somewhat often. Cause I just know that genre really well, but like, I, I could recognize situations where using area of effect attacks or single target heavy attacks would be more beneficial. And so swapping those things out and making those decisions and then actually using them in the heat of it, like it's really, really cool to piece that all together. Nice. Very nice. So, so like the rest of the world will be wanting to set our sensitivity to high, but Gary will still play on the low sensitivity and <laughs> summarily. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's um. So I never want, and this is rare for me. I never once touched any of the camera controls or any of the controller controls throughout the entire playthrough. In fact, I don't think I even looked at the menu until like I was twenty or twenty-five hours in, and that's super rare for me. I usually dive right in and be like, okay, how can I customize this? Usually, if there's any way to move something off of L three, I'll do that right away. Um, which has been a weird tick for me since the days of Call of Duty when I just sprinted for the first time, and I'm like, this doesn't feel right. Um, unfortunately, you can't change that. But yeah, no, the sensitivity is... Um, well, that's funky, because that's also something I had to wrangle with a little bit, the camera. Um, it's generally very, very smart at staying focused on the thing that you're hitting. Like, It's hard to verbalize, maybe, without demonstrating it, but it's, it's over the shoulder, right? I keep going back to that Resident Evil analogy. And if you move toward an enemy or you start to swing, it kind of soft locks onto them. So even if I'm not hard blocking by clicking R3, it's still going to keep the thing I'm hitting in focus. But if I want to say, while I'm hitting this Draugr with a heavy attack, I want to kind of look to my left and just keep an eye on what's going on with that guy. I can still kind of do that. And because he's in mid swing, Kratos will continue swinging in the same direction you started in. So it generally works really well. Um, you can, you can immediately turn 180 degrees by hitting down on the D pad, um, which is huge. Like as soon as I discovered that I was using it constantly, it helps <laughs> you better, better keep track of your surroundings. But um, yeah, control wise, sensitivity wise, I never found a reason to change all those things. I think they were dialed in perfectly from the start. Oh, very, very cool. It's, it's cool that, uh, they put the time and effort into making it that, you know, precise. Most mm. most games are a bit more like, oh, here here's all the things you can customize. Just jump in, see how you like it, and 
change whatever you need to. So it's very rare that I think games actually spend enough time, game developers spend enough time fine-tuning their default controls uh, so that everybody can enjoy them. So, yeah, that's really cool. Um, so, yeah, so this the, really yeah. reeks of... Oh, I'm sorry, I, I cut oh, you no, off go, there. Go for it, go for it. Go I was just going to say that, that the game really does reek of, like, really, really robust playtesting. Um, even in the fringes, like, there's, um, there's you know, side quests and optional content. There's, you know, every review kind of talks about that. And within some of those quests are challenges that are notably more difficult than what the main scenario would put you through. And even within, like, I keep looking for signs of, like, a ways that I can game the system if that makes sense like there might be a, a there might be an area where there's enemies that all drop drop like one type of crafting resource I'm trying to come up with an example so I don't spoil anything that I don't have to <laughs> yeah. but um but I'll, I'll go to that place and expecting like okay where's the where's the OP strategy like where's where's the thing that all of the guides and walkthroughs will say okay here's where you go to level up quickly here's where you go to earn XP or or cash quickly. And there isn't really that. And I'm okay with it. Like even areas where there's a ton of enemies that you can kill quickly because of their light types or they're small, whatever they are. It, it always feels like the rewards you're being dealt and the, the pace of XP that you're earning from those things is like perfectly tailored so that you can't kind of break the game and level up quickly or jack all your gear up by fighting the one arena and just, grinding it over and over again um so t- design wise it feels like they really put a lot of attention into okay here's a trouble spot where players could sort of abuse or exploit the reward system now how do we fix that nice mm-hmm. okay very cool um my my last question i had is uh i i you know one of the things that everybody was like wondering about like kratos doesn't have his blades of chaos or blades of exile or that anymore he has this axe um i'm guessing there's some spoilerish story elements uh, to that, but I guess more what I want to know as far as, like, combat goes, I mean, I mean, the axe, the new, his new iconic weapon, how is it? <laughs> yeah. What did you like about it? What didn't you like about his new axe? Oh, man. There's so much to love about it, and it dovetails so nicely with all the other things in the game. Like, you know, just for starters, with with light attacks and heavy attacks, there's there's just the right amount of camera shake with each with each hit, and the sound design just so well nails the, the crunching and the grinding of metal. I, I actually mentioned this in my review because it left such an impression on me. That axe just feels so hefty and powerful because it's colliding with enemies and they're they're getting like their jaws are being whipped to the side and they're crumbling under the weight of it in a very realistic fashion. So it's incredibly satisfying to use from like a visual and a sound standpoint. Um, but even with combos and combo fluidity, like it, it does start off really simple. I think it takes probably five or ten hours for the some of the layers to start to get peeled back on combat's complexity. Um, but once you start kind of diving into the skill tree and opening up really just um, combo extensions, like like the skill tree is that in a major way. It's combo extensions. It's okay. You had a basic four hit light attack combo. Now, if you use R2 on the last hit of that combo instead of R1 a fourth time, you'll have a frosty ice explosion, right? Or if you uh, tap R1 twice and then pause a half second after the second swing, Kratos will change stances. Now you can whip the axe around you in like a floaty 
circle, actually kind of reminiscent of like the area of effect Blades of Chaos attacks from the original game. Oh, okay. um, or or even off of that, like it can branch in two directions. So you pause a half second, he changes stances, you can whip the axe around you in a circle, or with R2, sort of chuck it forward and have it rotate into a single target with heavier damage. So you're always kind of making these split-second decisions about, okay, here's here, the, here is the enemy or enemies I'm facing, here's how they're positioned in relation to me, what is the quickest way I can either attack them or defend myself, and sometimes it's both, of course, and and so as you just unlock those trees, like, anytime I had skill points to spend, it was always, alright, dive into the axe tree, what can I, like, <laughs> what's cool, I was always revisiting it, and like, actually practicing those moves, you don't need to have enemies in front of you to sort of string the combos together, you can just do it on air, and so I actually, like, for decent 10 or 20 minute chunks throughout the game i'd sort of just stand in place and try to piece together the new moves i learned to make sure that i was kind of getting the the muscle memory of it down <laughs> sounds like they got they uh they succeeded where uh as gary well knows extinction failed then uh sounds <laughs> oh, like yeah? the combat actually you want to have variety it forces you to have that variety and and it does it well instead of like like I know Gary did with his extinction review is the the one uh, square square weight square square combo that he used to kill everything uh-huh. <laughs> breaks everything yeah yeah I gotta give huge props to enemy variety and not just in how they look and their monster designs and attacks but there really isn't a one size fits all combo that's best for every situation it's so well designed in that respect and Atreus himself sometimes factors into that as well like there are enemy types where without his arrows timed at certain moments, you're just going to die. Like you don't have other ways to interrupt them. Um, so, you know, even down to, down to his level and the way they use the boy in combat, it's, it's just really thoughtfully designed. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad they put thought into using the boy in combat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That makes yeah, me happy. Course, and you grab him by his limbs and you throw him into the crowd. And yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> That's, that's actually OP. I lied. That's the best move. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to see this. <laughs> oh, wait, you, you can pull Wolverine and the Colossus throw? <laughs> yes, exactly. That's fantastic. Yes, <laughs> no, I, 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 I gotta be honest. I'm just being hyperbolic at this point. You can't literally throw Atreus into a crowd. <laughs> I, boy. Although Kratos does say boy in a deep, gruff voice a lot. A lot. It's definitely going to be the meme of this game, I think. <laughs> Boy! <laughs> well, he's kind of gruff like that, right? I mean, he'll call him Atreus occasionally, but Boy sort of, uh, it sort of is emblematic of um, how detached and gruff he can be, I guess. <laughs> yeah, which, uh, given his past, is pretty fair, to be honest. It's, uh, he, he's not the best people person at the best of times. So. Exactly. Is it... Um, yeah, just yeah that's, that, that's it for me. So, so I just yeah, thank you for covering the combat. I was really curious about that. So, well, yeah, that well, sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I would I would say you know closing thought on that pillar. Um, the only way the only ways in which it fell a little short for me, and and this was maybe one area uh, among really any where I, I think I differed a little bit from other reviews, is that I thought it very occasionally right i've said the combat is excellent and it truly is but in a game this large there are in a there are occasional encounters where i can sort of see the seams of the encounter design where it's like oh you just put you just spawned those enemies behind that pillar because 
most players aren't going to notice that and they're going to get some cheap shots in, you know, in on you from behind. Or um, there's, you know, every so often you can get stuck in a corner and because all these enemies have physical bodies, you can't like roll out of it and they're kind of stun locking you by attacking at the same time. And that doesn't feel good either. So I'd say like a handful of times, maybe four or five throughout my game, I had these moments where it kind of like the simulation sort of fell apart in that way. Mm. But yeah. Cool. All right. Um, just to extend upon the uh, combat there, I remember. Um, obviously, it sounds very much more intimate now, you know, and close in compared to, you know, the very sprawling, open sort of uh, epic style you had of uh, God of War's past. Uh, does it still manage to retain the feeling of having these, you know, big, grandiose battles when the time does come for mm-hmm. such things? Yeah. I would say, yes, I would say um, the just by its nature, the story this game is trying to tell and, you know, the more it's more mature or realistic approach to this storytelling. Like it is it is a more grounded game, but it does also have its its moments of of epic scale. Um, To be totally honest, I've not finished uh, which which games have I finished? I think I've finished the first God of War and maybe Chains of Olympus on PSP. So I've just dabbled in the series prior to this. Uh, and I, but I yeah. know it for its, I know it for those big epic, like legacy blockbuster moments. Um, and this game has its fair share of those. So uh, you definitely don't miss out on the, the grandiosity or the spectacle of combat. I think what, what makes this a little different though, is that because Kratos is trying to teach or mentor his son, he's trying to, teach him how to survive in this world. He's trying to also hide parts of himself, his, his Mm. aged, ferocious past. It's like every battle to me felt that much more meaningful because you just always, at least if you get as into game storylines as I do, or you get as immersed in them as I do, like I always had the feeling that Atreus was watching me and maybe judging me a little bit as a, as a child might judge a parent who he doesn't actually know very much about and who is clearly hiding something or being detached on purpose. And so that's what felt so cool about like those moments where I'm using the ax to just brutalize a foe. It, it gives you that like God of war adrenaline rush of these just insane finishers, but you also just feel the slightest built bit guilty because Atreus is there and ostensibly you're not supposed to kill things that don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kratos himself feels a little burdened by that fact. So I think the story and combat bleed into each other really nicely like that, where you have to fight and you have to be brutal because that's the only way to survive. But even as a player, I, I wasn't always like completely on board with how strong Kratos is at times. Hmm. <laughs> Daddy, where did you learn to do that? Uh, uh, go, go get this. Go, go fetch this. Boy, don't ask boy, Go fetch this, boy. Don't ask hey. me. You just use the one punch excuse. It's like I just trained really hard. That's it. <laughs> Why I'm bold. <laughs> I did a hundred push-ups a day for a year. <laughs> one hundred push-ups, one hundred sit-ups, a ten k jog, and I killed some gods at one point. So uh, <laughs> go hunt some rabbit for dinner. All right. Go cool. cool. Um, uh, Gary, I suppose next. Do you have a question? I do. Uh, I have a few. Uh, some are probably easy to answer they're more technical ones um yeah um are you able to change the buttons in that game at all 
Like, can I switch my R1 attack to, like, square or triangle instead? Oh, um, gosh, I'm, I, I'm trying to think. I, I, I want to say you can't, um, but what I think you actually can, maybe can do is is flip them. Like, it might be possible to put heavy on R1 and light on R2 or something like that, but as far okay. as switching them to face buttons, you definitely can't go to, like, every control and remap it to something else, um. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't have the game in front of me. I'd be able to answer it very easily, but um, there's a minor customization. But in general, I would say not much. Pretty, you're pretty stuck with what they give you. Okay. Um, my other question kind of goes back to the camera during combat a little bit. Um, how often did you encounter moments where you, the camera kind of got stuck? Like you said, you can get cornered. Uh, yeah. Does the camera kind of go through the wall, or does it like? do some crazy thing where um it's no like the, super zoomed in at its, at its absolute worst like if kratos is backed up firmly against a wall like he can't back up anymore into it the camera will sort of it, it never uh, it never passes through him to just show what's in front of him so it, it more or less just gets stuck behind his back showing even less excuse me of what's in front of him i'd say that happened four times in my playthrough um and it was frustrating because when it tended to happen it was because i was dodging left, right, and backward away from foes and unwittingly dodging myself into a corner. So I, I mentioned in the review that those moments, they're, argue, they're arguably preventable. Like, with proper um, managing your space and being aware of your surroundings and using the right attacks, you'll never have to worry about it. But I did occasionally back myself into a corner, and then it was just a little hard to get out because, like, there'd be maybe three droggers in front of me, and I can't roll away from them because they're physically blocking me from doing that and they're smacking me four or five times without a chance to block because of just how the, how the things interplay with each other. I see. I see. Um, my other question about the camera is you mentioned like you can easily like get hit. There's almost no way to avoid it. Um, is the camera essentially, um, stuck with Kratos's movements or can you rotate the camera individually like in Resident Evil for example you can rotate the camera and like look yeah. in front of the person like see their their front um or is it specifically when Kratos turns the camera turns with him like it's attached to him like so the reason I the reason I'm asking yeah, is if you're doing a combo on somebody can you rotate the camera and like see what's coming up behind you or on your left hand side or your right hand side while you're doing a combo on one enemy? Yes, you can. Um, and actually, from what I recall of Resident Evil Four, it's extremely similar. So if you're standing still out in the world, you can spin the camera 360, look at Kratos's front, etc. If you're running forward, the camera sort of becomes your turning, if that makes sense. Like you can. Uh -huh. Like, left stick is your strafe, left, right, forward, back, and then your camera, you more or less used to kind of turn as you're running forward. And then in combat, it's sort of, um, like, let's say I'm, I'm surrounded by enemies and I'm, I'm striking the one in front of me with just light swings with the Leviathan axe. While those swings are happening, I can spin the camera to my right or even as far as behind Kratos. If, I'm, if I keep tapping R1... I think the next swing he'll he'll kind of cut and start doing it in the way the camera's pointing. So you can kind of point the camera to sort of indicate the direction you're trying to swing, and then and then if there's an enemy anywhere near where you're facing, he's pretty smart about hitting that one and not just hitting air, you know. Um, so there's kind of like a soft lock, like always happening. 
Um, but also within combat, like if I'm sprinting toward a troll or something on the far side of the arena, the right stick sort of acts as my turning mechanism there as well. So as far as how that goes in practice, I think, again, from what I recall of RE4, it's very similar to that, but not as tanky, right? You've got full left, right, forward, back, straight motion with the left stick. Okay, okay. Um, let's see, uh, how does his son affect combat outside of just kind of stunning an enemy, like shooting an arrow and stuff like that? Like, mm-hmm. does he give out hints about when you're about to get hit or yeah. what an enemy is about to do? Like in Hellblade, for example, the voices that Senya was hearing will scream out, like, look out, and you'll know that somebody's about to attack you. It was a cool yeah. little thing they added. Uh, does does he do things like that so you you aren't forced to take hits that you probably should be able to avoid easily? Yeah, I'm really glad you asked that because he does. There's a lot of depth to him that kind of gets peeled back as the game goes on. For starters, in terms of dialogue, he absolutely does call out attacks. Like he will yell behind you or fire from the left. Like he's pretty actually descriptive about things that are happening and the game triggers them at exactly the right moment. So if I hear fire from the left, I'll swivel to the left. And sure enough, there's an ice chunk or a fireball coming at me um, from that direction or behind me. Like he's really good about calling out things that are about to hit me. There's also um, just as a side note, there's kind of these arrow indicators that appear on Kratos when something is coming from off camera. I didn't mention that before. Maybe I should have. So like if there's, if an enemy is within your vicinity, so I don't know, maybe roughly 15, 20 yards within you, uh, behind you, you'll see like a white arrow kind of in their direction. If they are using an attack on you, you'll see a red arrow. So that's your key to like swivel around with that D-pad down to turn 180 degrees or just react to that, maybe dodge in some fashion. That's pretty accurate in general, so you can avoid damage like that. But then with Atreus specifically, he's got the voices, he's got the dialogue, but then also... He's got his own um, his own upgrade path, his own upgrade skill trees. So you can increase the stun damage of his arrows, increase the firing rate. Um, you can he he he'll also perform some melee moves that are really beneficial to you. So you can unlock skills for him where he will he will hop up on top of enemies and sort of put them in a chokehold with his bow. And in that position, if I have, for example, another skill on Kratos's tree. I can launch that enemy. So he's strangling a Draugr. Kratos comes up, launches it from below with a Leviathan Axe uppercut. And then I've unlocked a skill with Atreus where because I've launched this enemy and he was choking it, now he'll like bounce off of it and like quickly fire three arrows into its head or something like that. So you can kind of chain these things together with the right skill upgrades and he becomes extremely useful. Like I haven't maybe said it enough, but the game is legitimately challenging. Um, probably along the lines of Horizon, it, maybe even a bit harder. Like I was, I was pretty impressed with how Horizon maintained a decent level of difficulty throughout. It never felt like you were just, to me at least, dominating everything and nothing could put up a challenge. God of War is very much that, except even harder. So the ways Atreus can interact with you, his his melee chokeholds and the arrow upgrades you get are super valuable. Um, is, is he like invincible during combat or can he get knocked out and you have to go up and revive him? So, yeah, so he can get knocked out. Um, although it only happened to me maybe 
seven or eight times throughout the whole game, or or even if he was knocked out, maybe I just didn't notice it. He doesn't. He can get knocked out, and he'll be out of commission for a very brief amount of time, like maybe maybe eight seconds, ten seconds, and he'll get back up on his own. So um, I don't think you can bring him up sooner than that. But like I said, he's up pretty quick, and he's just. He can take a lot of hits, and he's also very good at dodging hits. And for the most part, enemies focus on you anyway. So he's he's more or less always available when you need him to be. And you don't have to babysit him. Nice, nice. Um, question about exploration then. Um, sure. How big are the areas you get to explore? Like, we saw like when they first announced the game, you know, it's like this foresty area. You can. Mm-hmm. It looks like you can go off the beaten path. I'm assuming it's not crazy open world but some areas may be open what's the ratio between it being open like that and more uh linear paths that you go through i would say the ratio is probably something like um 30 percent very open world and like 70 percent kind of linear open like a zelda style game um that's actually a pretty good comparison because, the, like the areas, the discrete areas that the story takes you, um, they've got that sense of openness. Like you mentioned from the trailer, the the opening forest area kind of feels that way because there are clearly alternate pathways. Um, that just builds and builds as you go throughout the game. So areas will always sort of funnel you forward. Um, Mass Effect Two might be another apt example where you're always kind of moving in the direction they want you to but there's a bunch of opportunity to all right i'm going to turn right here and oh there's a optional puzzle that players would never even have to do if they didn't notice it or there's secret pathways you can unlock by piecing together how the axe can interact with the environment so the levels sort of crisscross and layer on top of each other in a nice zelda-esque way um and i'd say yeah, in terms of ratio, probably 65-70% of the game takes place within those discrete areas, and then another maybe 30% is like the big open world section that more or less just exists for you to travel from one of those areas to the other. Um, to use another Zelda analogy, like Hyrule Field might be a good comparison for that. Oh, so you are able to revisit areas you've already been to? Yep, you can revisit at some point in the journey you'll be able to revisit or backtrack to anywhere you've been to awesome awesome um are there i don't know if you can answer this are there certain areas you just can't access early on because kratos needs some sort of upgrade or something uh yeah so you have to come back to it later yep definitely and they're generally pretty easy to see like like oh i wonder what this (laughs) this vine that has like a really special color means you know what i mean or huh here's an ancient artifact that looks really important but i can't seem to do anything to it so and there's a chest on the other side of it like sometimes it's pretty visually obvious like i knew within the first couple hours i'm like oh that's it's gonna be like arkham asylum or insert metroidvania type structure here like i said Um, it makes me think of darksiders yeah, I've, I've, I saw that comparison in a couple of reviews. I haven't played that myself, but that's probably that's probably an apt one. Um, there's, uh, so throughout the course of the game, as I kind of said on the front end, it, it took me a little over 30 hours to finish the game, doing a pretty robust playthrough of side quests and so forth. And within that time, I'd say you're getting some new navigational ability like that roughly every six or seven hours. Um, so 
there's ample reason to keep returning to old areas. But then also, even when you think you've seen how big the world is at one point, that might not be how big the world is either. So, now, uh, speaking of side quests, then, um, how, can you say, uh, like, how is there like a, a ton of them, or are there just like some few here, few there, and how meaningful are the side quests? Like, are they Witcher three uh, meaningful, or are they MMO meaningful? Uh, definitely. <laughs> right. No, that's that's totally fair. Um, uh, they are they are relatively few in number. I'd say you know I don't really even feel like putting a number on it, but compared to most open world games, even something like Horizon, it's it's definitely less than that. Um, it's not trying to be this open world RPG with a ton of rando things to do because that's not really who Kratos is. It's not who he wants Atreus to be. They have they have a quest. They have a mission and. And when they veer off that beaten path because you are telling them to, there's always like a, a rhetoric or a reason for doing it. Like Kratos can talk himself into it because they need resources for their journey or whatever. So um, there's not a ton. And then in terms of, of, of being meaningful and meaty, I think they're among the most meaningful and well-written side quests I've ever played in an open world game like this. Um, that comes That comes largely from how interesting and well-written Kratos and Atreus are because the first couple of side quests that I did, I was like, Oh dang, like there is really good writing and really good character development in this, in this, just in this side diversion. Like that's not even part of the main story. And then I started to be like, okay, I need to do all of these because literally all of them are a chance to hear Kratos and Atreus talk to each other like a father and son still getting to know each other. It's never just commenting on the thing that they're doing. I mean, some of it is that. Some of it is, I want to go and help those people. We don't have time for that, that kind of thing. Um, but it's always still grounded in this developing relationship between them. And so you just get more of that flavor from doing the side quests. And because there's not too many of them, it's not like an intimidating thing. Like I pretty much just did them as they came across my lap. And before I knew it, I was towards the end of the game and i'm like oh uh, there's only like two of these that i haven't done um so i would say they're well worth seeking out for the loot and the xp and the rewards definitely but the main reason i did them is because i just wanted to have kratos and atreus spend more time together i basically wanted their journey to be longer so i went and did are, those. are some of them like time constrained in a way where like if you don't do it at a certain time you can't do it again um, that has not been my experience, but I guess because I did them as soon as they were available to me, <clears throat> it would be, oh, no. it'd be difficult for me to say like retroactively, whether I could have left some sitting there. My guess is they are all still doable in some fashion though, just from some other, I don't know. I'm kind of piecing together some things in my head about how it could work out. And I'm, I'm, I would say I'm reasonably confident that you don't need to feel rushed to do them. Um, the game tends to make a point of like, even in the middle of the main story, well, we could do this, but there's time to explore, you know? So they're never trying to like push you away from them. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess my last question would be, um, you probably can't answer this, but is there new game plus? 
Um, I would be able to answer it, um, but I don't feel like answering it. <laughs> Sony hasn't uh, said one way or the other on something like that, but I feel like that's that's just one of those things that is part of the journey, right? It's best the more unknown past like hour fifteen, the better, in my opinion. So, okay. uh, what I've seen is it's not. I don't know exactly what it means, but I've seen the fact that it's not a normal new Game Pass. If it is the thing, yeah. Uh, uh... Corey Barnard said that as much as yeah, said that, as much as that basically. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say though, like related to that, and I've, I've tweeted about this. It's something I don't mind sharing. Actually, is that there's a lot of stuff to do in in the toward the end of the game in general, like the kind of activities you would normally consider to be. <clears throat> I don't know. Like, I'm not sure if the other God of War hat games had something like this, but optional challenges that are like notably harder than everything else or, yes. or opportunities to grind for gear and materials past what the game would ever require of you. Um, there's def- that like that tradition is, is well and alive. So I've been playing <clears throat> my same, I've been playing the game even after finishing it like all this week, because there's still stuff that I wanted to do that uh, wasn't really unearthed to me until the game draw drew near to its conclusion. To be honest, that, no wonder you're comparing it to an MMO because that just sounds like an MMO system where you get where the actual sort of hard stuff is right at the end after you, you know, reach end game. Yeah, to be to be honest, there's definitely a lot of a lot of this game that was informed from MMOs. Like it's got like its tiers of gear are common, uncommon, legendary, and epic with the colors you would expect for each of those tiers. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's um, yeah. There's a level of gear and attributes and abilities that the game is never hard enough to ask of you that is still technically attainable if you were to keep going. But what's funky about this game is because it's this hardcore, very skill-based action game, mm-hmm. it's, like, so much more exhausting to chase those things than it is with, like, Final Fantasy fourteen or something like that. With a game, with an MMO, you can more or less just lean back in your office chair and mindlessly grind for a couple hours. Here, I'm, like my hands are legitimately tired from all the fighting and all like, <laughs> the intense focus I've had to bring to these challenges. Oh, man. I think uh, the best thing about Sony games like that with the single-player stuff has been that sort of having the stuff that a lot of games are using as an excuse to have you know, microtransactions, mm-hmm. but but they're here as a genuine reward, uh, very much a throwback to what used to be with uh, that sort of thing in games. So it's very pleasing to hear that it follows on from the likes of Horizon and having like different tiers of stuff and you know, yeah. buy stuff to get it. You know? so. there, there is a minor room for improvement there too as well. I mean, these are really just the two issues I have with the game in general. The combat quirks I've already mentioned to you guys. The other was that <clears throat> in terms of being this we've played so many open world games in recent years and horizon was like a really good recent example counterpoint for me with this game where it's like, you can kind of feel that it's Santa Monica studios first real foray into open world gaming. Cause there's some, there's some quirky progression things like cases where there's, there's gear waiting for you at the end of a quest line, but it's like way harder to beat that quest than the gear you get as a reward, like, or, you know, the materials to, to upgrade one kind of gear are just very strange, and you haven't encountered that yet, and the game doesn't offer any explanation as to where or how you get those. And so the general answer just is just keep playing. Like, it all eventually sort of becomes clear how these things relate to each other. But I found that, especially coming from an MMO standpoint, I found that to be a little aimless and a little frustrating because I always wanted to, like, have 
the most cutting edge gear at whatever level I was, but the game would put things in front of me and it was kind of unclear, like, okay, should I go and do that side quest now? Like that gear seems good, but I'm also not having trouble killing things at the moment. And then I go back to that side quest later and find out, oh my God, this is the hardest stuff <laughs> in the game. Um, why is the, why are those rewards only like level four? And, and so it just, the, the pacing and progression of it is a little quirky at times. Right. But it doesn't affect the main game so much. No, not really. You can definitely just kind of mainline the critical path. And certainly you want to stay up to date with your stuff and, and go out of your way to find um, to find those kind of hidden chests, those puzzles that contain upgrade materials and so forth. But um, yeah, my it more comes from a character planning standpoint. Like I, I just wanted as much information or as much control as possible. And, and it's more a game that just wants you to keep playing and not think about it too much and then go back to it later and be like, oh, I've got everything I need already. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, it's, it's tricky to sort of keep the veil, you know, over everything like that. And as you said, when it's the company's first foray into something that's more open, it does make that a lot harder for them to sort of understand if they don't have enough people that understand how that works. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree with you on Horizon that it had aspects like that where it was just like, yeah, you, you can see the the seams, as it were, yeah. <laughs> right. Excellent. Um, ben, did you have any questions? Um, most of my questions have been answered already, uh, but I do want to ask, I'm really sick of open world games, and you've pretty much answered my question about how big the world is. But there's one thing that pesters me more about open world games than the fact that they're open world. And that is collectibles. <laughs> yeah. Now are we talking like... Horizon's okay level of collectibles. Are we talking Ubisoft? I want to kill myself and I'm just throwing the game away <laughs> collectibles. Um, way more of the Horizon camp and maybe even a little slimmer. Um, Horizon had like, oh, I'm trying to remember now, it had what, like 30 metal flowers and like 40 like illusions of the past, like these holographic videos and, and like it had clear lists of things to find. Um, God of War kind of has that in the form of there are, you know, some 50 odd treasure chests in the game or there are 60 of this thing, but there's only like, there's only a couple of those. I think completion or a hundred percent completion of the game will more come from like, sure. You'll have to backtrack and find the treasure chest. You didn't get on the first time through because you didn't have the abilities or whatnot. And like, I think a lot of people who are chasing the platinum trophy will, you know, probably get a guide or a walkthrough to point those out, but it's a lot less arduous than something like Horizon even, because there's only maybe one or two objects that actually require you to... They're just these little nitpicky things hidden in the world that you'd never find all of them on your own. Now, about that, um, Mm. uh, let's just say you can't be bothered to get them. Would that affect your gameplay experience too much? Or is the gear from the chests some of the better gear if it you know actually gives you gear i think it's important for any player of the game to stay mindful of secrets as they're playing through it like i I don't want to put a number on it per se but like i was pretty thorough with any new area that the story took me to just like in general looking high looking low for anything that and, and the level design really plays into this nicely by the way because a lot of times it will put sort of tempting things in your sightline, like, huh, how is there a treasure chest on a platform like 50 yards up in the sky over there? Like, 
and 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 then it just tempts you, right? You want to figure out how to get there. And I'd say about 60, 65% of the time, you can find your way there, even on your first time through an area. Um, it's pretty good about not just being like, sorry, come back later. Um, Thank you, come again. So, yes. Uh, um, but with regards to, like, what's important to find or can you get through the game without those things, um, the game is still decently challenging for me, even being super thorough with finding those chests and those upgrades. But I also think that I was pretty... I wasn't I wasn't the smartest spender, so I'd get currency and I'd get materials from these side quests and just being thorough about my exploration. But I also spent some of that stuff on gear upgrades that I didn't use nor really have any intention of using. I was just kind of being a spendy completionist from the get-go. <clears throat> so I think if you were to play through it, just kind of inquisitive, like keep an eye out for pathways that look like they're veering off from the main one, you know, just keep an eye out for those openings. I think you'll do just fine. Okay. See, I'm, I'm a diehard completionist, so that sounds <laughs> perfectly up my alley. I, I, I hate when games have just a ridiculous amount of collectibles, not because, like, I get tired of them, but because my OCD forces me to complete them. Was yeah, like, one. I'm in a place where the only things I really have left to do in the game from a completion standpoint is mark uh, mark some of those checklist items off, like the items I was alluding to earlier, the, the few things that I would call collectibles. I don't have all those yet, but I have triumphed over the other sort of gold trophies, that, if that makes sense. And from a completion standpoint, yeah, it's a great game in that you're not just running around for a weekend following a, a GameFAQs guide because a they don't exist at the moment but b like it's not really that kind of game you you triumph and you and you get your trophies and your and your achievements largely because of your skill um triumphing over some things and then there's just some cleanup ones besides that well thank you but don't look at the trophy list <laughs> oh, i, I kind of already did all right well Say no more then. Yeah. <laughs> Give it to yourself. That's, that's, well, that's I'm not saying anything more than that, but I kind of I clicked it by accident, and now I know. By accident, <laughs> as Ben does. <laughs> I, I, everything happens. I tripped, <laughs> fell, and landed on his trophy list. I, it just happens. <laughs> not what I looked. Like. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Any questions to wrap up from anyone? I'll take the deafening silence as a, a confirmation. Yeah, I mean, that's um, like just a couple of closing thoughts. I mean, I think we, we covered off everything in the review pretty well. Um, I think it's just what struck me about it is as I got into playing, I'm like, well, this feels like Resident Evil. This feels like Arkham Asylum. This feels like The Last of Us. Like, it definitely <clears throat> borrows things from mature, thoughtful, intelligent games of like the past half decade or so. But sure. what really struck me is that after a dozen or so hours I realized it all feels new and fresh here because it has some one thing those other games don't. And that's the relationship between Kratos and Atreus. And that fuels the entire experience. It makes combat more, have more oomph to it. It makes the open world exploration. It makes you want to explore the open world, not just for the loot. It's for furthering that relationship. And it's an incredibly well-written, thoughtful story. Like, very, very tight, very focused, and it absolutely nails the one thing it's trying to do, which is which is paint this relationship and teach you something about um, parenthood or about passing things on or about dealing with the sins of your past. 
Um, so that's how it really strikes away on its own and becomes this unique and awesome PlayStation adventure that to me stands right alongside Horizon as this spectacular, not a, truly a debut, but this this PS4 masterpiece, really. Um, I was reflecting back on my my favorite um, PS4 games thus far, and I think it looks something like uh, Persona 5, Uncharted 4, Horizon, and God of War. It's kind of a toss-up, honestly, and I loved Horizon, and it came out of nowhere to really surprise me, and so did this game. Yeah, I, I, again, I think that just kind of speaks to what Sony have done this generation and, and investing in, in their games, and it's... Yeah, it, uh, more than just having the simplified console, everything works a bit better. The fact they've just gone all out and probably had the best lineup of games they've had for many years, uh, its it seems to be adding to it, which is wonderful to see. But yes, um, yeah. So, um, thank you, Kyle. For that. that was great to hear all about it. It's, um, yeah, thanks, guys. Good questions. Yeah, it's going to be exciting for the next few days as we uh, await that, that release date which I think is between Thursday and Friday, depending on where you are. And, uh, yes, damn it. A lot, of, a lot of big games are releasing on Fridays these days. Well, that's because yeah. that's the standard release for England. It used to be, yeah. It was yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, man, here yeah. is always Tuesday. Only Nintendo released on Fridays. In yeah, so it always used to be a Friday <laughs> here, because, mainly because of the fact that we're at an island. So to make sure that all the um, stores are stocked, you know, by the end of the week, they made sure the uh, game releases were always Friday, uh, Fridays because of that. Wow! Yeah, in the age of you know, digital yeah. games, it's it's less of a thing. I think it's it's just a case of will we're having it for this day. It's just I think it's still... standard now. Yeah, I it's think more the, the fact the that Thursday people are more likely to spend money on the Friday because yeah, they're going to have the weekend off. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very true, and uh, and uh, yeah, I'm sure there'll be a fair few people doing that this week. It's, uh, Myself included. <laughs> I'm really excited yeah. for you guys to have this experience. I seriously am. Yeah, I mean, we, we may come oh, back to didn't, this. One yeah. second. Didn't Alfonso have yeah. a question? He did. I'm sure it might have been covered, though. That's the only thing. I will double check. Sorry, I've got like three Twitter accounts to go through here. So I'm trying to find the one that actually Don't worry, has I've switched over to Figmajigs on my phone. Figmajigs? Up, up, up. So, yeah, oh, I, I, I don't know if you can answer this one. It's kind of very story. Yeah, this, this is what sort of I was a bit apprehensive about because it is very. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, did, I read the question. I don't know what it was. <laughs> so what? What is? What does he ask? I, I I saw it in my mentions, but I don't remember the exact wording Alfonso of it. Said, yeah. I want to know based on RTS progression in game. Do you think he'll replace Kratos? <laughs> uh, no comments. I no, don't want to know I, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, <laughs> one way or the other, you know. I would say, like, because I'm always careful too, right? Because it's like if I say if I say no comment to something, then it's like, oh, then it does mean something. But no, seriously, <laughs> like, just in general, this is a question that I wouldn't approach with a ten foot pole, as it were. So, sorry, yeah, Alfonso. So. <laughs> just to clarify for everyone at home, no, let's know that either. So that's uh, correct. It's uh something we'd all like to find out ourselves about. So, oh, do cool. you know if costumes are back? Uh, costumes. Oh, like uh, glamour type stuff. I just used the word glamour. Um, <laughs> well, it, it was a glamour. Yeah. <laughs> Is like, that what you mean? Like, uh, like no, Kratos? like in uh, God of War one and two, you had the um, the infamous cod of war. I think it was in one as well. 
Yeah, where he was dressed as a giant fish. <laughs> um, I've not encountered anything like that. I mean, it is cool, like swapping out your equipment. You can equip um, different chest armor, wrist armor, and waist armor, and all this stuff is really just exquisitely detailed and really vividly rendered on Kratos. So it's fun to change that look and really tap into these really cool objects of like Norse artifice over time. But yeah, uh, nothing like War II. Uh, that was it. <laughs> right. No, no fish, no fish. It's a very different time, Ben. Come on, let's say. <laughs> that's true. Yep. I feel like that's at odds with the uh, serious story that they're trying to tell. Yeah, but it was it like a really... bonus from, like, it was an unlockable from beating the game on the hardest difficulty. Well, to be fair, I've not done that, so I can't, uh, I can't speak to that. Well, whether there's a COD suit with it. Yeah, I think franchise to franchise, it's something you when you take a different tone, you have to be careful with. I mean, Uncharted Four probably got away with still including some of its little silly gimmicks at the end, just because it's Uncharted. Yeah, but Uncharted but Four didn't include did. Donut Drake, and that means it's the no. worst. <laughs> well, and then I mean, Thank even you. Dead Space yeah. Two had there uh, once you beat the game on the hardest difficulty, you had what three saves the whole game to do it, beat it on the hardest difficulty, and if you do, you get that foam finger that. He goes pew pew and like kills everything in one hit. So even that serious as a game that was, they still had a sense of humor oh, sure. a little bit yeah. in there. But I do wonder what things I haven't uncovered though, like that. I mean, I, I think we'll all in very short time here find out as the as the internet zeitgeist, like the million monkeys of the internet, apply their gaming thumbs to this game and figure out its secrets in two days. But um, yeah, I'll be curious. Nothing like that yet, though. I really doubt it, but I wanted just while I was thinking about it to ask. Uh, that'd be in the patch in the first patch afterwards I put in. <laughs> <laughs> Chili patch. Just add just add Cod of War for me. <laughs> Hank and Bobby Hill skins for the pair of them. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, oh boy. That boy it right. <laughs> uh, so propane. <laughs> God. Uh, anyway, yeah, so Kyle, away from here in the writing where can people catch your musings on such things as god of war you know twitter is the best place um at better call prowl is where you can find me um my last name is spelled p-r-a-h-l uh yeah i've just been I've, i have been talking about god of war a lot and i'm sure i'll continue to talk about it as more people play and i can actually kind of join these sort of meaningful conversations with folks but that's where you can hit me up if i'm not tweeting about god of war i'm i'm probably tweeting about Final Fantasy fourteen or whatever the latest game to have my attention is, which is probably going to be uh, Nino Kuni two. Actually, now that Woo-hoo! I took this review off my plate, yeah, so it's that's not a bad way to go. Yeah, can't complain there. Cool. Um, let's go to Gary next. Uh, what's your contact details, Gary? You can contact me at Gagwaush on Twitter. That's G A G L A U S H. And How did he... you say that? Gagwaush? Because <laughs> I've always, Gag... like, I'm just here, I'm asking the, the man behind the myth, because I've always in my head went Gagwaush. Uh, but I'm not, I don't know what I'm doing, so. Yeah, I'm you have to say it in the Russian accent. Like, like speak like Ivan Drago. Gagwaush. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I mean, one way to do it, I'll say that. That's great. Uh, that yeah, and any shout-outs, Gary, sorry while you're there. Uh, uh, thanks for Kyle, for joining us. Uh, Always love to hear about God of War. 
Yeah, but thank you guys. Um, oh, I, I didn't shout anybody out. I'll shout out. Oh, yeah, you. sorry. That's my bad. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Yeah, guys. Um, listeners, uh, Alfonso, thanks for your question that we refuse to answer, or Kyle refused to answer. <laughs> uh, At sorry, least I remember to bring it up. So please don't hate me. <laughs> Oh, Alfonso, if you really don't care about spoilers, you can DM me, and then on April nineteenth, I'll just I'll just tell you one way or the other. <laughs> no, you mean twentieth? Just just send him like a video well, of the final like scene in the game. <laughs> well, funny is like he, he could also just be asking like, is is Atreus a cool character? And I you know have opinions on that, but also April nineteenth because I think. 5 a.m. in New Zealand on April 19th is the first time anyone in the world can okay. officially be in. So PlayStation has told us that that's when we can start posting guides and tips and walkthroughs and everything else. I was just say, yeah, what, you so, what you think people are so excited for the game that they're going to change their region to New Zealand just to buy it early? Uh, um, <laughs> I bet at least 10 people have done that, yes. <laughs> uh, or you just moved to the Middle East where you can get a copy two weeks early, it seems. Uh, it's uh, oh, yeah. usually the way that... <laughs> so. Yeah, some people are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and then yes, write a really yes, bad are. review about True it. True words have scarcely been spoken. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the, the Twitter anthem, isn't it? I think it's uh, how people are really dumb. Yes. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Go back to you, uh, Kyle. Um, if, you, if you've got shout outs, that'd be, that'd be good. Oh, um, you know, just uh, cheers to our entire community. Uh, Alfonso, as a super fan of PSU, as always, um, too bad you couldn't make it to the show today. It would have been cool to have you, but um, thanks for all your support. Um, thanks to everyone who read the review. This has been uh, one of my, in terms of traffic and readers, has been one of my higher-profile reviews in recent memory, and so I'm just mm-hmm. thrilled people have taken the time to read what are always very wordy reviews, so I appreciate it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it sounds like a game deserving of such a, a wordy review. So that's uh, and people are obviously enjoying reading it. So that's the main thing to take away. Um, Chris, what <clears> have you? Yes, yes. I, I apparently can no longer hide my identity online. So if people would like to get a hold of me, they can find me at Twitter at Devangel. That's D E V A N G I I E L. If I can spell my own fucking name right. <laughs> <laughs> Or, of course, they can read my reviews and news articles on PSU.com, Chris DeVisser. Uh, Shout-outs to Tim. Uh, miss you, buddy. Uh, Shout-out to Alfonso. Miss you as well, buddy. And uh, shout-outs to the uh, fans and commenters and, and commentators and commies who uh, pay attention oh. to our site and love <laughs> what we do. And, of course, my wife and kids, thank you so much for your support. And, uh, and yeah. Excellent. Good stuff. I, I, I would also like to shout out Chris for me getting him out of bed to write a news article. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed important at the time. <laughs> it was. It was very important. I, I'm, I'm glad you I'm glad you did, because I, I wouldn't have seen it otherwise. Yeah, I mean, it, it was so shocking that we just had JP ask if we did it. <laughs> so, <'cause> it's... <laughs> yeah, good. Um, Mr. Chilabay Hall. Hello. Uh, I kind of wanted to talk about Kabounce a bit, but I'll do that next week. Um, I Last weekend, I was able to play a new sports game on PS4 that's in closed beta. Mm-hmm. And I had incredibly amount of fun with it. I got to chat with the developers on Discord during the weekend as well. Um, so 
I streamed it, as everyone said. You can check the previous footage on uh, our Twitch, and I put some gameplay on our YouTube. Um, but yeah, I would would talk about that more, but it's God of War week, so I'll talk about that next week. Um, oh, I want, sorry. I want to shout out to um, Phoenix Down Radio, aka Klaus Nightbringer, and Alfonso. I also bring a uh, shout out to Talus Marvelous, aka Marvelous Anime on Twitter. Um, I, you guys know I do a Final Fantasy fourteen. Po- well, I'm part of a Final Fantasy fourteen podcast with um, Phoenix Down Radio, uh, Klaus Sayer, and Luna. I had heard. This weekend, <laughs> you got a nice little um, um, thank you from Talus. Basically, his local game store, um, what was it? Uh, Critical Strike Games, which is criticalstrikegames.com, dot com. Um, has made a custom promo code for our podcast, uh, which if it's a trading card game shop where you can buy Dragon Ball, Final Fantasy, um, all different types of trading card games. And if you use the code PHXDNRADIO, um, you'll get 10% off your first order. But this doesn't work internationally, so I couldn't order, which makes me sad. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll um, put that That's in awesome, the though. Yeah. description. For the episode as well, won't you, Ben? Yeah, I will. I'll put in the description. So yeah, 10% off your first order if you use our promo code, which is lovely. Cool. Don't forget. (laughs) (laughs) Someone will forget something. That's usually how it works. (laughs) So we'll just go around in a circle forgetting things. And uh, we sort of have our side. Oh, oh, yeah, and the shout out to Evolve Mail. Okay, girlfriend's favorite stream at twitch.tv slash Evolve Mail. You know what? I was getting nervous, though, because you hadn't said it. I can see the sky is darkening further. <laughs> you know, it's night time already. Uh, um, I will ever say thank you everyone for being on. Thank you everyone for listening to the podcast. Please do go to iTunes and rate and review us because that does help. As we've always, you probably heard on every podcast ever going. And you can listen to this podcast. You can listen to Regular Unchained, which of course has the currently has the tournament of the overrated, where we are knocking games out in PlayStation history that have possibly a bit overrated. That's that's the gist of it. But it does end up with lots of interesting conversations about how we view very popular games, and it's been some shocking results already in that first round of sixty four. Uh, we were on to the uh, round of 32 next when, when we I'm come back to that. I'm just happy the ones I've knocked out. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, of course, we do occasional wrestling podcast, which um, nobody came away well with last week with the uh, WrestleMania weekend for that. Um, <laughs> there was not a lot of points going around because lots of split decisions uh, meant half points. Uh, I go find it because I've got a page here with loads of stuff. Yes, um, to clarify um, over the two pay per views, which was what 17, 18 matches. Uh, Neil and Alfonso got 6.5 points, and Ben and Chris got six. Oh, we got six! Yes, wow. you led for a very long time. I mean, you won WrestleMania, but uh, yeah, uh, we did it, we did it, again. Chris. I'm giving you a virtual bro fist through my TV, my monitor. <laughs> I, I'll take your virtual fist anytime, Ben. <laughs> Whoa. Nice. <laughs> I, will, I will point out that at TakeOver, you scored 0.5 points. So I don't it, care, it, we it, won it, one of them. <laughs> 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 
Take what you can get, half glass full kind of guy. That's it. That's the way to see it. Well done. Plus, what was the scores like? Six point five to six. Would you say? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. See, yeah, it, we we let you win that one. To be fair. Yeah, I think that's probably why I was so angry at the end of that pay per view because it's like, look, you've cost me points for your strange, strange booking. <laughs> so, <laughs> Oh dear, I think that makes it uh, 14 points to us and 10.5 to you, yes, overall, yes. So, so, yeah, so there's that one. And of course we'll be back to regular Unchains as we're getting closer to E3 and uh, all that nonsense going on, I'd imagine. I still want yeah. to do like a special one for E3. Oh yes, oh, yes. Oh man, it's like Christmas for us news journalists. <laughs> not if you're writing it it's, it's, like, it's like what do they say yeah, what, what was that? <laughs> just late here watch the videos you're right it's like Christmas for journalists massive That's hassle <laughs> we're, we're not the kids we're, it's like Christmas but we're not the kids we're the yeah. parents <laughs> trying to make sure everybody has a good Christmas and naturally you get some petulant brats screaming at you for not giving them the right thing so oh, yeah oh. <laughs> and then people go to that Microsoft one and get disappointed because it has no things. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> it might have Dead Island too. It seems so. You know, it's it's all on the up and up there. I played that seven, what five, six years ago. I, it has. I guess it's not the same game anymore, Ben. I'm guessing not. <laughs> cool. Um, so yes, we will see you soon. Um, when I don't know. It depends when we record the next thing of anything. Um, and of course, the anime podcast will be going up this weekend as well. I think you put this up first there. because of how important it is. And I told Alfonso oh. I might. So. Yeah, just for Alfonso. We'll put this up. Okay. I might. Well, normally on chain goes up on the Tuesday. I'll think about it, Alfonso. Well, normally on chain goes up on the Tuesday to give the anime podcast a couple of days. Oh, okay. That's it. <laughs> you mean people don't listen to both automatically? God. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> Look, if you listen to us, you've got to be a fan of the anime podcast. That's just the rule. <laughs> yeah, but I thought they want, like, I don't know. <laughs> you broke him. You broke him. Uh, it's like okay. fisting. It's all that fisting. <laughs> <laughs> and on that bombshell, I say tatty bye. <laughs> <laughs>